Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. I remember the first time uh, I didn't grow up in the church, so I don't have a, a I don't have a, a good, bad, whatever. I don't have anything that I that I know about with the church when I first got saved. And I remember the first time I went to some a church that rightly treated kids. And I, uh, I remember going, I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen, but I, I, I went to my friend's church. I was really excited to go. And then I was bummed because it was a children's production. It was like their Christmas, you know, for their kids. And I was like, oh man, I wanted some preaching. I wanted some fire of God. And I was like, oh, whatever, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and I sat down and, and the kids were doing their thing and it was good, I liked it. Um, but when they were done, when they were done, the whole place stood up, and there was probably three, 400 people, I don't know, and they just went nuts. They just cheered, they screamed, they were completely just undone for these kids. And I remember, I remember going like, oh, I get it, God. I get it. This is, this is why I'm here. You wanted to show me what we do to raise kids up. You wanted to show me what it looks like to, to rightly honor and value our children. And I, I, ever since then, I've had this, this vision of like, if we ever had a church, <laughs> and I didn't have any ideas of having one then, but when we have a church, I want, I want our church to give our kids standing ovations every chance we get. And that just, it just did something to me that what if our kids got standing ovations what would that do to their understanding of who they are? What would that do to their, their, their beliefs and their identity? What if you got a standing ovation? Come on. Anyway, I just, I always want to see that into our community. Like you are fully allowed to give standing ovations anytime our kids do anything in this church, okay? I know we don't have a big kids program. A lot of churches, their kids outnumber the adults. We're not there yet. I get it. But, um, but let's, can I just challenge our community to, to go after that little thing? I think it's gonna be a big thing. Okay, that's my deal on that. Hallelujah. Um, well, I got the mic kind of early. I, I thought it'd be a little later, so I have some extra time. I, I wanted to plug this revival night thing. Um, how many of you guys know we're not building a church here? We're building a community of, of, of followers of the way. We're building a community of believers, okay? Which is one of the reasons why, if you wanna come here, we're stoked, but if you wanna go somewhere else, we're also stoked because we're not building a territorial church where we're gonna be bummed if you, uh, if you go pour into some other congregation, okay? So we're just, we're just trying to build revival. And so we love our community. Come here if you wanna, if you want. If you feel this is your home, I love it. Come, pour out. But one thing we feel like, and really I just got to give it to Chris. Chris is an amazing leader. He keeps telling me, Jesse, we got to do these. Uh, yeah, come on. Let's just honor Pastor Chris. If we can get this thing of honor, you can't honor each other enough. And you know when a culture has the, has the culture of honor, when you honor the sound guy and the janitor and the worship leader and the pastor the same. 
That's how you know if we have a culture of honor. Not if we stand for the leaders, but when we stand for the kids. Just let's, let's, let's move towards that. That's my heart. Um, and I'm, I'm not about being perfect, but I am about getting there. And it is a race. Paul says it's a race. <laughs> it might be a marathon too, but he definitely says I'm running the race. All right. Um, these revival nights thing, Chris is, we, we actually, some of you guys don't know because you're new to our congregation. We started our church before we started our church. We were meeting last December and we didn't launch till March. And Chris said, Jesse, I know we haven't launched our church yet, but can we have a conference? <laughs> and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, we cannot. <laughs> uh, we don't have a church yet, Chris. And he goes, I know, but I think it would be good. I feel God on it. Well, I honor you, Chris. And if you feel like God wants to do this, I don't feel a big no, let's do it. And so we had our first conference in December when you don't have conferences with, I think, 14 days notice. And we didn't do it because we wanted to raise a lot of money. We didn't do it because we, we needed notoriety or, or what we even needed people to come. We did it because we knew that's what we were called to do. We knew that's what it means to sow into revival for our little community there, our little, our leadership team. And so we had our first conference. How many of you guys were there? Like literally it should be about 15 hands go up. No, we had like 30 or 40 people there. <laughs> but it was so much fun. And, um, and we just did it because we were called to do it. We don't do things because we think we're gonna, we're gonna get notoriety or, or we're gonna have more likes on Facebook. We just did it because we're called to it. And we just know that if God calls you to something, just do it. We don't do things for, for all the other reasons the world might. We do them because, wow, I just feel like God really loves this and I'm gonna do what he loves. So we had this conference. It was fun. It was great. We feel like God's calling us to start to do another conference. And I wanna tell you, just, I know this is a plug for it, but here's what I feel like God's gonna do. I believe God is, is changing our beliefs and our thinking about Christian conferences. I believe he's taking us not away from completely, but I believe he's shifting the focus from, from putting a focus on conferences where you gather around a leader or leaders, anointed men and women of God that are called to speak. I believe he's moving us, shifting us, if you will, at least for our community, where we don't just do those. But I feel like God is moving us into this place where we're gonna gather not around a leader or a person, but we're gonna gather around the people of God. Or even put it differently, we're going to gather around the presence of God. Because I believe that if we keep gathering around individuals, and, and hear my heart, if we keep gathering around only individuals, I feel like we're going to miss this idea that, that God is the guest speaker. On Sunday mornings... And on any conference, that, and, and, and every conference, he is the guest speaker. Yes, we have great men and women that lead us and teach us. And I fill myself up with great teaching all the time. But I feel like one thing we're called to do, and so this is, we're starting this. We're just going for it. Um, down in San Juan Capistrano, we're partnering with a great church, Celebration Church. Um, we're going to partner with them and, 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 a bunch, and a few other churches with that. And we're just going to gather around the presence of God for, for three evenings. Not even afternoons. 
If you guys know revival history, that's what they did. They just started meeting in tents at night. And um, honestly, every time I drive on, on fair and I see the, the fairgrounds, I, I see a tent in the, in the parking lot and I can't help but dream, and Chris and I have talked about this, that we're gonna start having tent meetings in the parking lot of the fairgrounds. And it, I don't know, maybe it'll go for like 300 nights or something like that. And people will just get saved and we'll have to buy bigger tents and we'll just have to have really good problems. Come on, I'm just dreaming with you guys here. It's not really the message, but I want to encourage you guys. If, come to one of the nights if you can. Because I really believe that if you, want to, if you want to accelerate your connection with the Father, if you want to accelerate your maturity, your character, because you're already saved, you already have all of God, you're not going to get any more of Him. You're not going to get any more of the Holy Spirit in you than you do right now. But if you want to learn and get transformed into that Holy Spirit completely, right? If you, want to, if you want to grow in understanding, if you want to have an encounter with God that takes you into maturity even more of what it means to be a Christ follower, I believe these Holy Spirit nights are going to be catalytic in that. They're going to be part of the God's plan. And I'm not asking you to go every night, although if you want to and you feel God on it, do it. But I really want to encourage you guys. This isn't something we normally do. And so there's going to be, I believe that we're going to be teaching the community how to do revival. And I want to encourage you to bring your kids to it. Bring, I don't know, I, hear my heart. I, we have to figure out how to do this differently because church on Sunday hasn't worked for us. Doing church once a week hasn't really taken the church where God fully needs it, wants it to go. How do I know? Because they, I've seen more of God outpouring in the Bible than I do today. I hope this isn't too heavy. I don't feel like it's heavy, but listen, I, I, I don't want to just teach on Sunday mornings. I, wanna, I want us to gain paradigms of how to walk out revival. Because if God shows up today more than we've ever seen, we're not going to know what to do with it. So I believe, I believe part of our calling in this church as leaders is to help put structure into people's lives. To call us into a way of living with God. Okay, I'm going to transition. That was a good, <laughs> was a good announcement Chris said. I, I, I thought it was good too. I, 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 I know you're all with me. I'm not up here saying, did you get it? I, I'm, I'm really just saying, I just want to encourage you guys. I want to be a cheerleader up here because I'm in this with you guys. I'm into maturing. I'm into growing. Whew, I don't want this to be a 10-year plan. I want it to be a, a five-minute plan. I don't know. Whatever, whatever the grace of God will allow. All right. So last week, if you were here, we had an incredible uh, guest speaker, Chuck Perry. Um, we have a lot of new people. How many of you have, is your first time here? Raise your hand. Yeah. I just feel like we've like doubled or something like that. Come on. Welcome. So uh, funny enough, we've been going through the book of John for about three months now. And we, I think we got to like John... I think we're up to about John or 10 or 12. Chuck Perry came, really good friend of ours. He's the uh, associate leader of the healing rooms up in Reading, Bethel Church. And he spoke on John 14. We didn't tell him to do it. 
But don't you love it when God is so into what you're doing that he speaks to the, the guest speaker about what to share on? So I'm going to talk about John 15 this morning. All right, so if you want to open your Bibles, your Bible app, <laughs> our, worship, our worship director, Gus, is excited. <laughs> John 15, go and open up your Bible app or your, your, your Bible. I love my Bible. I remember, I, I think about what Banning Leapshire used to say when he's preached. He says, going to church without your Bible is like going on a date without a girl or a boy. <laughs> Anyway, all right, you guys ready? We're going to read some scripture and we're just going to talk a little bit. I'm really excited about this morning. <laughs> all right, John 15, verse one. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser and every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean. Say, I'm already clean. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. It's good. Let's keep reading. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, he can do nothing, or you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Say, my joy may be full. So there's a lot there. It's loaded. It's got a lot of, got a lot of bullets there. I want to talk a little about a, what, what, this idea of abiding and this whole thing about good fruit and good tree. And we talk about, you know, if you're a, if you're a good tree, you'll have good fruit. And so we talk, when we, when we hear that, we're like, oh gosh, let's look at my fruit. What have I done? Have I prayed for someone today? Did I worship big enough? Did I give enough money away? And you start looking at your fruit and you wonder, am I a good tree? And you start looking at how am I doing? And, and we start wondering, uh, you know, how, am I a good son? Am I a good daughter? One thing I love that a great hero of mine, Dan Moeller, says is it's, he, what he's saying is a, a, a good free, good tree has good fruit. And a, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. But what he's saying is, he says, he says, 
if you're a good tree, you'll bear good fruit. He's not saying if you're a good fruit, you're a good tree. And so I want to just release this, this freedom over you that if you said yes to Christ, you're in him. If you're going after the Father, if your heart is for him, that you're part of the tree, you're part of the, the plan, that you're a good tree. And a good tree bears, a good tree bears, thank you, John. <laughs> Everybody say this, I'm a good tree. I'm gonna have good fruit. You know, if you're walking along and you see, a, maybe you planted an, an apple tree in your yard, and it doesn't have apples yet. Is it still an apple tree? Right? What if they're really small, immature apples? Is it still an apple tree? Is that apple tree going to have apples on it? Come on. Wherever you are at, wherever your walk is at, if you're having these big, round, juicy apples, get ready for more. If you're wishing you had some fruit and you're wondering if you're a tree, you're a good tree. So I want to encourage you tonight. I love what uh, Kieran was singing. You know, he, he puts the broken together. He puts fruit on the tree. It's not your job to put fruit on the tree. It's your job to be a good tree. It's your job to be a good son, to be a good daughter. And how do we do that? Just by following him. says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Remember, this is Jesus speaking to the disciples and crowds. He's telling them, you are already clean. Well, I don't feel clean, brother Jesse. I don't feel very good about this, about, about myself right now. Jesus speaks over his people, over you. You are clean. Listen, you can't get any more clean. Jesus' blood was either enough or it wasn't. If you're waiting, if you're waiting to be clean, it means you're waiting for something that's already been done. And that's lunacy. The idea that we're waiting to get clean, we're waiting to be better, to become better, for, for, for God to do more is telling him, God, your blood wasn't enough. And so I want to release that. I, I, that that's what I love about this. It says, uh, he's saying, abide in me and I in you. He says, a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you abide in me. What's he saying here? This isn't a message of like, you better get this right, you better abide, or you're not gonna abide in the vine and I'm gonna have to cast you out. What he's saying is, if you're not facing the Father, if, you're not, if your heart isn't towards him, you're not connected to life, right? Because how do the branches get fed in a tree? How do the vines get fed? They get fed through the root system, through the, through the, through the trunk, right? The, the, the roots suck up the water, the nutrients in the kingdom around you, and, and it delivers you. 
It delivers nutrients to you. Is, are there branches up there saying, oh, I hope I can work hard enough to get fed today? No, they're not in this place of like, I hope I'm good enough so that God will fill me. I hope I'm not good enough so that I can be a good branch today. They're not going to work hoping, hoping that God is going to shine through me today. I hope, I hope I'm good enough. I get out of the way so that he can shine through. Maybe I didn't say that right. We get into this place and I, I, where we think that if I could just get out of the way, the Father could, could use me. How many of you guys ever said that? Just go ahead and just confess with me. <laughs> this idea, like a, if, if I could just decrease, the Father would increase. If I, if I could just get out of the side step a little bit, he could, he could actually use me or he could, he could work through me in my office or in my school or in my home. Here's the deal, guys. When the Father looks at you, he doesn't see you and his son. He just sees his son. I really believe the father is looking at you. He says, Tony, I, I have a problem, Tony. <laughs> Tony says, what's the problem, father? <laughs> I can't tell where you begin and my son ends. Wow. And I can't tell where my son ends and you begin. Wow. But we have this idea about I'll say the Christian walk, that there's this duplicity happening where, where, where God's trying to get more of himself into me. Where we're just trying to get more filled up. Just, oh. But here's the deal, guys. If you're trying to make that happen, you're going down the wrong road. See, whatever road you go down, there's the destination, right? I'm in Captain Obvious right here, right? If I'm shooting for that over there, that's my goal. I'm, 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 my goal is that God would be more, would, would increase that I, and, and, that, and that I could get out of the way. So if I go down my Christian walk trying to go there, I'm gonna eventually get there. But what if that's not the destination? What if the destination is actually over here where the destination is to be fully aware of his presence in me. What if the destination is, 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 is the idea that, that we actually are co-laboring? That it's not God laboring and us trying to labor less because I always mess things up because <laughs> my flesh always gets in the way. <laughs> Come on, I've said that before. It's been a while, but I've said it. <laughs> but what what if our goal is to be fully aware of how amazing the Father is in us and through us and that I can't even tell if I'm ministering to you or he is. And if I stop caring because it's not the right conversation. See, the conversation we should be having when we walk through our life is, wow, Father, you're so amazing. I don't know if, if, if I gave that word to that, if, I don't know if that was my prayer or your prayer, it doesn't matter to me because abundant life happens all around me. I don't know if I thought to give that guy $5 or it was your idea and it doesn't matter to me because you are just blowing my mind with the amount of light that happens around me. I don't know that if I deserve that blessing or you did, Jesus, <laughs> but we got it. 
I don't know if I have this joy in my heart because of something you did or I did, but it doesn't matter to me because we're one. See, listen, if you think it's something you did, that you have this joy in you, that you walk, that you got through depression. If you think you're getting out of depression because of something that you've done, you've stepped out of grace. You've actually told God, I don't actually need your help to get out of depression. I can do it myself. And we don't really say that, guys. But if we're walking down this road where there's him and us together and there's a separation there, I'm trying to get less of me and more of him, then there's a part of you that's still working on your own behalf. But if we can change this thing, if we can start making adjustments, course adjustments, right? I used to be in the Navy and you, you, you literally, you set, your, you, you set your course. I used to fly helicopters. It's a little bit different than a ship, but same idea. You set your course and whatever, you're gonna, whatever you set your course on, you're bound to get there. And sometimes you have wind trying to push against you and so you kind of got to like find a way to get around that wind. But either way, I want to head that direction. And so this is what Christian teach, good Christian teaching is about. This is about you connecting with the Father and getting a revelation of what the destination looks like. Because I know if, if I'm after that, then my worship is going to go after that. Then my prayer is going to go after that. And as we make a course correction towards this direction, we're literally going to get there. Everybody say this. I'm going to get there. I'm going to make it. Someone told me, I have this rad testimony. She said, six weeks ago, I got delivered of religion. And I was just, I got so happy because you guys don't hear this all the time, but I hear it. Somebody else said, Jesse, man, that's what happened to me. I've told multiple people about this person I love. She said, I got delivered of religion six, six weeks ago. And I'm like, six weeks ago? You've been coming here longer than that. She says, I know. <laughs> And just getting around, I could feel it. I could see it. It was just, just a change. And, and this other guy I love, he said, yeah, that's what happened to me. I started coming to this church and I don't, I don't even know what to do with my life anymore. <laughs> and I, I just hear that so often and so often. I know a friend of mine, I'm a quick testimony. He used to come to our home group and he, and he hung out with us for about two years. And our home group was basically this, but I don't know, 15 times more. I don't know. I mean, this is... 15 times bigger. But it's the same thing, same spirit. And he started coming. And after, after about a year and a half or so, we, we started this church. And he didn't feel like he was supposed to move into the church with us. And I, I love him. I, like, I, don't, I, I just want him to do what God says to do. So we went back to the church that he started at. And he met with the pastor. And he just, he said, hey, I just want you to know I love you guys. I don't care what happened before. I just want to repent. I just want to, I just want to honor you guys. I want to serve in the worship, all that stuff. And this pastor of a, of a pretty great church in the area looked at him and said, who are you? How did this happen? And he goes, well, it's, uh, you know, this community I'm with. Uh, I just, I literally spent, I spent a year and a half with them and I, I don't recognize myself anymore. See, some of us are going down a path where we're easily recognizable every week. But he, he got a course correction. And when he started going down this path and he met this person, he went back to this, this leader that knew him down this other path. And this leader looked at him and says, I don't know, I don't even recognize you anymore. And what he could be saying is, what path are you on? What are you going after right now? Because I need some of that. 
Maybe he didn't say that. I'd say that. I'm like, I want, I want what you have. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of people in this room that don't recognize themselves because they've been coming to church, this church, maybe any church. It's not this church that transforms people. It's Jesus. But this is what happens when you abide in the Father. When you find a good tree to abide in, you literally suck the nutrients. They get pushed to you when you're tired. And when you're on fire, you, 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 you ask for more a little bit. But the tree always knows how to give nutrients. And I felt like, I'm like, God, is this, is this arrogant? And I asked Chris, is this okay to say? And he says, yeah, it's totally okay. So I'm gonna say it. And forgive me if it sounds a little arrogant. This is a little bit of my confidence coming out because I've seen this enough. And it's not like me to say this, but if you come to this community long enough, you won't recognize yourself. Forgive me if it sounds arrogant. I know there's lots of churches where you'll get that same thing. I know it. In my heart, I know it. I'm not trying to compare and that weird thing. I don't even think that way. But I want to encourage you, if you keep coming, you're not going to recognize yourself. I don't know what goes on in this room on a Sunday morning. I don't know what God does every Sunday. But there's something that happens and if you don't get it one time and you don't get it the second time, keep coming because this is the heart of God. And even today, I just feel like having the kids up and the kids were dancing. Did you see them? And there was kids over there dancing. You know what they were doing? They were abiding. They were just abiding. I love it at the end. He, he, he says this. Um, he says, these, these things I have spoken to you. All right, Jesus, why did you speak these things to us? Why is this so important? And he says this. He goes, so that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be made full. One thing I, I, I noticed right away in this, in this girl that six weeks ago, or I don't know if it was, you know, that's what she said, six weeks. It might have been longer, more earlier, I don't know. But one thing I noticed being around her is there was this joy that came off her. No, she wasn't laughing and, and all that stuff, but you could see this, this brightness come off her. And it was like this joy that was so, it was just like, like wow. <laughs> when you get that, when, when you hang out with the Father, when you, when you abide in his presence and when you abide in a community and when you abide with each other, his joy gets made complete. Yeah. It's good. And I want to finish with this. Verse 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Brother, don't you mean ask whatever you pray for? Nope, it doesn't say that. It says, ask whatever you wish. Isn't that funny? We don't ever say this like, hey, whatever, what do you wish for? Right? We don't say that. That's kind of silly. Like, that's not Christian, right? That's the world. <laughs> but 
One time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this testimony, and I want, I want us to do something. You guys ready? So here's a testimony. I, I, we, we were in our home group. Um, by the way, everything we do here has been tested. Everything that we do on a Sunday morning, not everything, because we're actually innovating a lot of things that we used to do, mostly because we have some leaders that we didn't have then, and I'm just really thankful. But everything that we do here on this Sunday works. And you know what we do? We just honor God. So I, I, it's kind of a no-brainer. But, but what we did, it was really fun in, in, in the home group one time. We had about 30 people, 40 people there. And, and I said, hey, everybody, I want everybody to go around, every single person. I want you to say what you wish for right now. Oh, that's kind of fun, Jesse. Yeah, it was fun. So we went around and, and, and we said, hey, what do you wish for? What do you wish for? And somebody said, I wish for this. And someone said, I wish for a pair of white Converse. And somebody else said, I wish for a, this job that I really wanted. And somebody else said, I wish for friends. Somebody else said, I wish for a job, whatever. And I, it was really fun because you just kind of get to connect with your wishing muscle. All right? You have a wishing muscle, sure. Like, what do you wish for? And, 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 and so we went around and six months later, oh, oh that's right. And then I, I told him this. I said, listen, I don't want to just make this a cute thing. I actually want to attach faith to this. Whatever you wished for, I want you to actually write it down. And I want you to write it down. I want you to, like, three months from now, I want you to write yourself a reminder to see if God gave you what you wished for. Well, brother, that's, aren't you, like, putting God on demand or something? Or is that even okay? Like, what do you wish for? Like, he, does, he, he just doesn't want to, he's not a gift giver. He doesn't want to give you gifts all the time. You got to sacrifice for things. Well, I'm just saying what it says. It says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I didn't write this, right? Like, I'm not that good. So, so I hear six months later, I hear from a great friend of mine. She, she was just a great, she actually stopped coming to the home group, I think. And she emailed me and says, hey, Jesse, you never going to believe this is a great testimony. I was at this conference and one of our breaks, I went home to get some, uh, a place I was staying at, and to get some lunch. And I noticed there was an email in my inbox. And you're never going to believe this. But it was an email from a company that I have always dreamed of working for. But I never applied because um, I just didn't think it was going to happen. I knew they were looking for somebody else. And she says, they offered me a job without even applying. She had done some work on the side, but she just knew that it wasn't, just didn't think you were supposed to apply to it. So they offered her the job because they knew about her. She said this, says, Jesse, I kid you not. When I said, I asked what you wish, I felt the Lord say in six months, I'll get it. Actually, I think I told her, I said, in six months, check your, check your calendar and see if you got it yet. She said, six months to the day I got the email. You know, one of the other fun testimonies is uh, the next week, this, uh, it was a different girl that wanted the white Converse, which is why I remember that. She says, you know, it's funny, Jesse, the next week my grandma took me to the mall and said, what do you want? And I got a pair of white Converse. Listen, this is what God's like. If you abide in him, you get to pull all the goodness of God. In fact, it's not so much pulling, it's probably more pushing. 
and you get to enjoy all the things that a father does for his kids. Some of you guys ask for whatever you wish doesn't feel like a stretch because you're just pretty free in that. You're like, oh, I, I wish for lots of stuff from the father. Some of us are afraid to wish for things. Some of us are just got our head down and we're serving the Lord like a servant or like a slave. And that's in there, but he also calls us sons. <laughs> Verse 14, you are my friends. If you do what I command, no longer do I call you slaves. For the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all the things, for all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. <laughs> then he says this, I meant to end, I'm sorry. Um, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. And here's the command that he tells us to follow. This I command you, that you love one another. That's it. Say this, I'm chosen. He chose me to be his friend. That I can ask. of anything. Come on, he's that good. If you don't know him as being that father that is waiting to give you all things, then you don't know the father. And and you will though. This is a no-brainer, guys. If you're following him, you're part of the branch and the father pushes nutrients pushes his presence, pushes the knowledge of himself out to us. So here's what I want to do. I want to take a, I want, I want to do something that only a friend of God would do. Okay? So we get to step into this friendship thing. I want, I want us all to wish for something. Okay? Here's how I want to do it. We're going to make this family style. Okay? Because if you're new here, and a lot of you are, we do things family style. Because you guys are supposed to minister to you guys. You're supposed to encourage one another. You're the body. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get in groups of three and four, and I want you to tell each one of these people what you wish for. And I want you to, I want you to agree with each other. Brother, I, I, I wish that for you too. I don't care what it is. It could be that your your mom gets saved. It could be really spiritual. It could be white converse. I don't care what it is. I honestly believe that we get more encountered by God in the non-spiritual things because we can't believe he cares for that. He really cares about white converse? You have no idea. You have no idea how intimately excited about your life the Father is. I thought he just cared about world peace. Yeah, he does. But how do you think he gets world peace? Through friendship. Through friendship with you. Okay, I want everybody to stand up. I'm gonna pray for us.
And before we break up into small groups, because this isn't normal. Churches don't normally do this, so I, I get it if it's uncomfortable. I really do understand that. I just want to encourage you to step past the uncomfortable and step into normal Christianity. I want you to step into what could be a normal life-giving body of Christ because having one speaker have all the authority is, is weird, okay? It's normal for you to have all the authority also. So I'm gonna pray for you. And before I do that though, I want everybody just, I feel like, I feel like everybody put your hand on your heart right now. And I wanna first pray for anybody in this room who doesn't know they abide in God, who doesn't know that they're loved, who doesn't know that they're a daughter or a son, that doesn't know that they're a friend. When they look at God, they think, you're way out there, you don't care about me, and you certainly don't care about my converse. And anybody in here that just radically needs to know that they're part of his family. Yeah. And I don't even feel like we're supposed to raise hands this morning if, if you think that's you or, hey, I just, I need to give my life to God. I need the Father like this. I need to come back to the Father. I don't feel like we're supposed to raise our hands. I just, I feel like you're supposed to just speak this over your heart right now. Father, can we just say this all together? Can we just partner with whoever that is in this room and just encourage them in their heart? Because sometimes it's the hardest thing in the world to say this. So just say this after me. Father, I want to be your daughter. I want to be your son forever. Would you come into my life? Would you change everything? Would you bring your kindness and your goodness? Would you heal every part of my heart? I just want to know you. Yeah. And if, and if that was you, that you actually prayed that for the first time this morning, we're going to have our prayer team come up and I want you to come up and I want you to pray with one of us. You can pray with me, pray with Chris, pray with Nicole, anybody up here. And I want you to just tell them, I prayed that prayer. Would you, would you partner with me and pray with me? Would you just believe with me? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.